This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zero Bounce, an email validation system that integrates with all the major ESPs to make sure, hey, your mail doesn't bounce. Check it out at zerobounce.net. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Zviband. He is the co-founder and CEO of the CRM platform Contactually. He's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today, Success is in Your Sphere, Leveraging the Power of Relationships to Achieve Your Business Goals. So welcome to the show, Zvi. John, thanks so much for having me on today. So I'm going to start with a hard question. A lot of times we just do some warm-up, but I'm going right after a hard question for you. Let's do it. And you're free to say the answer is both. But would it be safe to say that you have learned a ton about networking from the users that you, you know, the power users of Contactually? Or would it be safe to say that you wrote this book because people still don't get how to network? Uh, both. I told Absolutely. you it was going to be hard. I mean, Anytime a, a guest hesitates like that, I know I've asked a hard question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will. I hate to say, like, I felt like I could pretty easily answer that. I was like checking, like, wait, is there a gotcha in there? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we wrote the book, um, you know, you know, for those two reasons, you know, um, where I would say it's kind of, you know, the reverse in that so many people, um, you know, in the seven and a half years that we've been running it contactually, um, so many people were coming to us saying, hey, I get how to use your software, but how do I grow my business with relationships, right? It's almost like, you know, I, I've, I've used this before. Um, it's almost like we were giving a chef's knife to someone who didn't know how to cook. And so we realize, and the purpose of the book is to essentially, you know, teach people how to cook, teach people how to grow your business, leveraging relationships, how to apply strategy behind it. Um, and you know, the content for the book came from, you know, observing how you know tens of thousands of professionals were been able to successfully like grow their business, um, you know, via relationships, and so it was really just kind of it went hand in hand together. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did observe some people do, doing things that you hadn't thought of that were pretty cool uses. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are things that are like are totally counterintuitive um, that even came across in the book, like this uh, this notion of like the Ben Franklin effect that. You know, in order to, to build rapport with someone uh, to, you know, that you actually ask them for a favor. That's something like I never even heard of or thought of um, or, you know, that I and I didn't realize. And it was only kind of after again, after years and years of years of doing this. Um, and we spent four years, you know, researching and writing the book. Um, but the biggest blocker for people is really consistency is like they kind of can get what to do, but they can't. But they're not able to consistently act on it and so it's all these things and it was such a you know such a gift uh writing this writing this book it's such a great journey so so maybe for those people that aren't familiar with contextually um you know i use the the term generically crm platform but um maybe you could set the table for how you feel contextually is different than what many people might think of as a typical crm platform yeah absolutely so i mean most people when most people think about crms they think about it in a sales context, usually a transactional sale, right? I'm trying to get someone from one end of the funnel to the other, to them, you know, to them being a customer or them being totally disqualified, and that's it. 
Um, but if you're in a relationship-driven business, it's not necessarily thinking about just the transaction. It's about the overall relationship, right? You know, a real estate agent, for example, gets most of their business via people they've worked with in their past or people they already know. Uh, you know, you and I as consultants, you know, and we get our most for speaking opportunities from people in our sphere of influence, people in our network. So it's important to nurture those relationships on an ongoing basis, not just kind of, you know, one time push them through a process. Um, and so the way that we think about contactually is it's everything's about the relationship, not about the deal. So some people call us like a contact manager on steroids. Sure, you can think about it, but it's instead of thinking like, all right, if the most important asset in your business isn't necessarily the deals in your pipeline, but the relationships in your database, that's what Contactually has really been focusing on. So one of the things I think that's been uh, funny over the last few years is because as you described kind of this relationship, I think and my, my father was a bag carrying, you know, salesperson that went, you know, had his accounts and I mean, really had his relationships because they were happy to see him. They did see him, you know, once a quarter, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, the idea of, of especially for salespeople, you know, treasuring those relationships, I think that's always been a big deal. What I think is kind of interesting is that technology has actually made it, I think, harder in some ways. I should say the way we use technology has actually made it harder in some ways to have what you call intentional relationships. Oh yeah, no, you're you're absolutely spot on. I mean, I think we're we're living in this absolutely amazing world where we can work with anyone around the world, but it also means that our customers, you know, and the people that would otherwise be working with us can work with anyone around the world too. Um, and so that knowledge gap is gone because, you know, the consumers that work with can obviously know more than us. Um, that skills gap is gone because, you know, we're no longer that unique person in our, in our industry or in our neighborhood that like has that skill set. So that reputation becomes all the more important. But the problem is, is that, you know, while we can be so connected with so many, so many people, you know, most social platforms are geared around getting us to have, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 LinkedIn connections or Twitter followers and things like that. Well, that means we're going an inch, you know, a like, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep because the human mind can only remember so many, so much information about so many people in there. Yeah. And I, and I see, I'm not going to point fingers at any generations or anything of that nature, but I see, you know, folks scrolling through their phone, you know, like, 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 you know, 300 a day. And it's like, is that engagement? <laughs> you know, is that, or are we, you know, really doing anything with that? I mean, so, so let me ask you in, in this intentional relationship game, I mean, what is the role of social media? Yeah, and you're right. I mean, there, there's definitely, you know, there's a part of this book that's kind of seemingly come out in that, you know, our intent is also just to help people rebuild those social skills, right? Like, I don't necessarily like know my neighbor as well as I do, you know, someone who's, you know, across the world. So it's no surprise that um, Cigna re um, released survey results. They surveyed 20,000 uh, adults uh, age 18 and over in the United States. And most American adults, are considered lonely, which is crazy in this world where I'm surrounded by these social objects, but like I see it, you know, I see it in myself, you know, I'll like open up, you know, Facebook and I'll flip through and like, you know, I realize like I don't know about any of them. Like it's kind of that, so, you know, that test on social media of, you know, pick any random, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook contact and really ask yourself like, all right, 
do I know this person well enough that if they reached out to me and asked for $20, would I lend it to them? Or vice versa, if I were in a position where I needed $20 all of a sudden, um, would they be willing to give it to me, right? So yeah, I think the, the important thing with social media is to use that as a source of information to then identify what are the relationships or what's going on with the people I care about, and then make sure that you're going deep enough beyond just you know, a like or a comment here and there. So a lot of there have been a lot of books written on networking. And I think that, well, let me ask you, how would you differentiate relationship building and typical networking? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, they're, they're definitely very closely related. Um, what networking, you know, what networking or when people think of networking, you know, let's be honest, like they think about, you know, the more the act of going out and building out, building new relationships, right? You know, whether it's connecting with people on LinkedIn, or, you know, going into kind of, you know, a poorly lit room or conference, you know, ballroom, and, you know, and trading business cards and trying to create net new relationships. What relationship marketing is more focused on is, well, how do I grow my business or achieve the goals I'm trying to I'm trying to hit, leveraging the relationships I already have. You know, what we oftentimes miss out on is that, you know, the best relationships and the most valuable ones are usually the ones that we're already connected to. You know, related to networking, you know, one issue I had went early on in my career, and I still encounter from time to time because I'm not perfect too, is, you know, you'll go to a conference and you'll do lots of networking and, you know, you'll exchange business cards with people and you're like, great, I have these, all these new connections. You put those business cards in your back pocket and the next time you see those business cards is when you're fishing them out of the laundry machine because, you know, you didn't even take them out of your pocket, Right. Um, so that's kind of the, the issue that we face these days. And that's why relationship marketing is that strategy behind leveraging the relationships that you already have in your sphere in some way. Well, and it's interesting. You've used the word leverage several times. And I was going to ask about that um, specifically because, I mean, there's every, I think everybody knows this. Our existing customers, for example, um, are probably a greater source of new business, as long as they're happy, than you know that world out there that we want to go seeking. But everybody likes the new chase, or it feels that way anyway. Um, I mean, how do we get – because here's the basis of my question. Because it's hard to maintain those relationships. I mean, you, it takes work. You can't just you know phone it in. I mean, a, a strong relationship is built on – caring on checking in on you know having a rhythm um so how do you get the leverage to put in the work that it takes because you know it doesn't necessarily feel like oh i'm gonna get a sale or i'm not gonna get a sale it's like no i'm doing this because some point down the road this will be important yeah no that, that's a really great question i think you know, and let's face it you know and if anyone were to read the book and you look at any one particular step like we're not this isn't rocket science right we're not doing trigonometry here um this is very basic you know basic kind of you know, human interaction the reason why it is so hard um per your point is that you know as human beings you know we're wired you know to you know to look for those short-term gains right this goes back to you know us as you know cavemen Right where we had to think about how do we put food in our bellies now and find shelter now, um, otherwise we're we're, de we're dead meat, right? Um, and that these are the these are the big challenges that we face that we face these days is that well you know our needs right now are taken care of, 
but those long-term benefits, that's what we're really like, you know, need to be focusing on. And so, yeah, like, you know, it, of course, we're much more interested in the lead that just came in because that might be business tomorrow versus a past client that may not transact with us for three or four years. Therefore, I'm, I'm much less likely to be interested in that. And that's why you know, it's no surprise. Um, and uh, the National Association of, Association of Realtors publishes information. They say that 88% of consumers um, say that, that they work with their agent again. But then when you look at the follow-up stats, only 12% of consumers will use the same agent they used before. So what's happening in that big gap? And what's happening is that years go by and there's no follow-up. You know, email is still a very important marketing channel, but it's gotten harder to get in the inbox, even of people that want your email. Zero Bounce is an email verification system that will validate your opt-ins. Check them out at zerobounce.net. They integrate with all of the major services that you might be using already, like MailChimp or HubSpot. Check them out at zerobounce.net. Okay, here's the... um trying to figure out how to word this question without it sounding as bad as it probably will. Um, you know, I've got a hundred contacts that I need to stay in touch with, but I just don't have the time to stay in touch with them the way I'd like to. How do I make a decision about who's worth spending time on? See, I told you it was going to sound terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at first, like in terms of like why it sounds terrible, um, I think you, we oftentimes like have this like icky factor, like, Oh, you know, I, like all of a sudden, if I'm treating these people as assets, and let's face it, you know, we only have so much time on earth and we want to make sure that we're focusing our efforts around the people that, you know, not only can provide value to us, but the people that we can be of service to, that we believe that we can help, the people that were give us lots of energy. You know, one of the things that, one of the ways that I sometimes categorize people is I, I look at people and like, if I get off the phone with them and I just can't stand speaking with them. Well, those are people, I don't care how important they may be. Um, those are people that I choose not to surround myself with, you know, but in, in truth, and this is something that we, we um, talk about in the book where, you know, it's not necessarily going by, you know, whether they're important or not, but instead like taking a step back and asking ourselves, well, you know, what are my goals? You know, what, what am I really trying to achieve? And then, starting to figure out, okay, who are the types of people that can help me with those goals? And then focusing on those types of people, right? For me, for example, as a, you know, as a CEO for, you know, with, uh, for actually, you know, for a number of years, I was very focused on fundraising. And so very clearly, a lot of my time was focused on not only engaging and networking with investors, but also with founders who could give me introductions to other investors. Um, all of a sudden, that was a goal that was deprioritized. And so I was able to start phasing that out and stop engaging less and less with investors and other founders and focus much more on my customers because customer retention is much, was much more important for me. So I think as long as we take a step back and try and figure out what our goals are, then of those hundred or so people, we can better identify which of those people fit into those buckets. So you mentioned at the outset um, this idea of the, the Ben Franklin um, approach or theory that, that actually asking for help was a great way to kind of be a bridge to relationship building. Um, I, expand on that a little bit because I think a lot of people feel like, oh, if I'm asking somebody for help, you know, they – 
they don't owe me anything. You know, how do I start there? And and you're suggesting that it's actually the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really funny. I mean, so I, I related to actually fundraising. Uh, one of the piece of advice that I got very early on was um, if you want if you want if you want money, ask for advice. Um, if you want advice, if you want like if you want money, or if you ask for money, you're going to get advice instead. Um, and that's definitely what I that's that's definitely what I had uh, seen as well. And so um, the interesting thing, yeah, if you uh, if you read Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. Uh, you know, rather than trying to win a political adversary over by being nice, uh, Franklin asked him for a favor just to borrow a rare book. Um, and then after the after the man invested effort in Franklin by delivering this book, um, the two ended up becoming friends. And, you know, it's definitely there's, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out kind of, you know, what the real reason is for. Um, or what the real reason behind. Um, but it's more thinking about like, it's also called the Ikea effect in that if you put time and effort into doing something, you're much more invested in that. Like, just like if you spend, you know, an hour walking around Ikea, you're not going to walk out empty handed because you've done it. So, you know, that's why like asking for someone, asking someone for advice something happens right in that like okay we're showing that we appreciate that person we appreciate the advice we solicit their knowledge and that's a valuable experience to that person well we're also perhaps suggesting that we believe they have that knowledge and that they are smart and that they have that advice so i I think there are probably a lot of things in there i um can just state and i don't know if i've ever stated on the show before i've never been into an ikea and and i'm hoping to keep that streak alive So I get a lot of, or a number of solicitations. I wouldn't even call them solicitations. Connections, let's say, on LinkedIn. And one of the first things they suggest is, what can I do for you? You know, what can I do to help you? And on the surface, that to me, somebody told them that that was a good relationship building tool. But on the surface, it's actually, it comes off very negative to me because I don't know that person. They haven't suggested anything that um, specific. So I don't, I don't even know what they could help me with, you know, with. So, and do you have a similar experience? I know a lot of, I know a lot of people on LinkedIn do because that just has become sort of a common thing for people to do. It seems like when people make connection requests. So can you, you know, how could we do that better? Yeah. And I, I struggle with this because you're right. I have the same visceral reaction when someone says, Hey, how can I help you? I'm like, I, I don't know. I could use a refill of my drink maybe. Right. Um, like what, what are you really trying to offer? And in fact, you're making me do more work by trying to think about what I need help on and how that person can help out. But I mean, the interesting thing is it is rooted in good intentions and that, you know, they are trying to be, you know, meaningful and valuable to us in some way. But you're right. I mean, that's where like, you know, I think one of the key aspects of relationship marketing is to try and identify and be proactive in terms of identifying what people, you know, what people really want and what people would benefit from. Um, and then solving that. Now, of course, you can ask like, you know, very pointed questions like you can, you know, as you're talking with someone for the first time, you can talk about like what your business challenges are. Um, I, I love uh, Clay Bear, you know, throws out this champagne question. You know, if we're celebrating with a bottle of champagne a year from now, what are we celebrating? And that's kind of a good open ended question. Um, but a lot of the work is, you know, goes into just 
gaining that intelligence on someone and trying to understand how you can be helpful. Like for me, for example, you know, with the book coming out, um, one thing that, you know, one thing that I've seen a few people re- reach out and do proactively is they'll write a review online because they kind of know that, okay, that's some, something that V probably would benefit from. And I've obviously done the same thing too. So you're right. It, it's the lazy man's approach to be able to just kind of say, Hey, how can I help you? And maybe I'll be able to do something about it. It's com- a completely different experience to figure out where, where you can add value and do it for that proactively. Yeah. If I'm feeling particularly snarky, I, I write, well, send me $500. Um, <laughs> but then I, Have but, you gotten it yet? Well, I delete it. I don't ever send that, <laughs> but I'm tempted. So let's talk a little, I mean, a, a lot of what you end up talking about is, you know, staying in touch. I mean, having, uh, you know, a, a plan to, to make sure that you're not completely, you know, out of mind. But how do you develop a rhythm that makes sense? And I know that that's a, well, it depends. But, you know, is there a rhythm of staying in touch that, as a general rule, you should think about as a minimum? Yeah, and you're right. And this is, uh, this is I would say, probably the, the meat of what we talked about and honestly why I wrote a book. And that there's so many, like, scattered best practices and good ideas. And so what we've spoken about so far in this conversation, you know, there are probably a lot of people saying, yeah, 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 I know, I like not nodding your head. But it's the, it's, can you assemble that into a cohesive strategy that you can operate on a regular basis. And that's the point of the capital, the capital strategy. And that every one point, you know, nothing is groundbreaking, but it's can you do that consistently? So, for example, it does start off with, all right, you know, are you able to block time in your calendar or find some way of doing this on a repetitive basis? You know, whether it's having reminders or triggers or something that you're doing on, on a regular basis. But to answer your point around you know making sure that we're staying in touch with people you know on a um, periodic basis, clearly like there's you know there's the ability to nowadays whether it's using LinkedIn or Google Alerts or something like that, um, just to kind of keep apprised of them and their business you know whether they're mentioned in the news, um, something about their company mentioned, um, or maybe your um, you know maybe you see a you know something about sailing and you find which of your contacts are interested in sailing. You know they're of course like triggers like that that can happen but then you know one of the root questions is well how often should i follow up with people um and there's no right or wrong answer um going back to our point around you know hey if i have 100 people um how often should i stay in touch with them well you know naturally as you're prioritizing relationships the ones that are higher priority um and hopefully fewer in number um you're able to spend more time on and the ones that are lower in priority, um, and you know, hopefully more of, you're able to stay in touch with less often. Um, yeah, we like to say, like, listen, you know, push comes to shove, you know, say, hey, I, I want to follow up with you know my you know high priority contacts at least once a quarter, and ones that are lower priority once a year. That seems to be based on you know just watching you know tens of thousands of people and contactually. That seems to be a good general baseline, and then you can tweak from there. V, it was great catching up with you, talking about success is in your sphere. So I appreciate you dropping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Tell people where they can find out more about you and your work in the book, of course. John, it's always great chatting with you. Yes, uh, you can go online um, to any bookstore or like uh, wherever books are sold um, and just do a quick search for success is in your sphere. 
um, and you'll be able to find information. Uh, feel free to buy a copy for yourself or for uh, someone you care about or maybe don't care about. Uh, all proceeds go to charity. Uh, and of course, my name is Zviband, Z-V-I-B-A-N-D. And uh, luckily, I'm, I'm the only Zviband out there. So uh, it's pretty easy to find. Me. And the URL was available too. So we appreciate uh, again you stopping by and hopefully we will run into you soon out there on the road. Thanks so much, John. 